For my brothers and sisters, today on this first Sunday of Advent, I'd like to speak to you about two complementary virtues. On the one hand, the virtue of temperance, or sobriety. And on the other hand, uh, the virtue, now I'm going to lay a, a fancy, obscure Greek word on you here, okay, but I'll explain what it means in a second. In our tradition, we have uh, a virtue called uh, eutropelia, and uh, this can be known or understood as the virtue of play, the virtue of play or recreation. So these two complementary virtues is what I'd like to speak about uh, today. But I'll do so uh, by way of preface with a discussion of the liturgical year, because today we begin a new liturgical year. And it's important to understand that our liturgical calendar is punctuated by a certain alternating rhythm of fasts and feasts. Fasts and feasts. On the one hand, we have uh, a moment or a season of sobriety, of seriousness, and then on the other, we have uh, a moment or a season of celebration and feasts. And uh, one uh, is not going to be good without the other. They both need each other. They're complementary. And uh, if you notice, the two virtues that I'd like to speak about really kind of correspond to these two sort of moments within our liturgical calendar. We've got temperance that I'd like to speak about. That's sort of the the serious part of the liturgical calendar. And then we've got play. And that is the, uh, you know, that would be associated with the feast part of our calendar. Now, uh, Advent is the time of soberness. It's a time of seriousness. Uh, it's, uh, it has a sort of a, a, a subtle, not as strong as in Lent, but there is a subtle penitential character to it. And this is why we see purple. This is why we forego the Gloria, which is something that kind of characterizes the feast uh, moment of our liturgical calendar. We hold off with the Gloria until Christmas comes. And so Advent is this time of uh, sobriety and preparation. Um, our current commercialized uh, culture in America has kind of reversed things or turned things on their head because, you know, uh, practically speaking, it's like Christmas begins in December and then it ends on Christmas Day. But for Christians, and this is something we really need to get back and regain, Christmas begins on Christmas Day, December 25th, and it goes onward for 12 days and even into uh, January, into the baptism of the Lord. And so that's the feast proper. So party time is not yet. This season of Advent is a time of preparation and seriousness. And uh, we see that in our readings today. I think many people uh, might be shocked to know that the lectionary places before us these readings about the second coming of Jesus Christ. I mean, many people, when we think of Advent, we think of getting ready for this cute, chubby baby, uh, you know, showing up at uh, the, the manger in Bethlehem. And instead, in the Gospel, we've got this fearsome prospect of the Son of Man coming, people dying for fear and anxiety of what's coming upon the world, and these kind of apocalyptic images that we get uh, in our Lord's discussion in the Gospel. And that is uh, for the purpose of letting us know that that cute little baby is to be identified with our Lord Jesus Christ, who will come as the final judge of all mankind at the end of the world. And so what we're getting ready for is something serious in Advent. 
Uh, and so our preparation should be serious. It should be characterized by a sobriety and a seriousness. So let's talk about uh, the virtue of sobriety. And I'd like to speak about this virtue specifically in relation to alcohol. To alcohol. Uh, during Advent, and especially in Christmas, we're going to be invited by to many different parties. We're going to be throwing parties ourselves, different get-togethers at work, at home, with family, so forth and so on. And there will be plenty of alcohol present at these gatherings. And it's important for us as Christians to take this time of the year and use it for its purpose, and that is for our sanctification, for getting closer to God and not falling into sin and getting further away from God. Okay? And so this is especially pertinent when it comes to the use of alcohol. Now, uh, if we just step back and we reflect for a moment, uh, we can understand what the sin of drunkenness is, uh, is, uh, consists in. Drinking has uh, a natural purpose to make us healthy. That's why we drink. Nature has endowed us with this power. We drink so that we can be healthy. Simple as that. Now, if our drinking contravenes that purpose or frustrates that purpose or goes against that purpose or defeats that purpose, well, I mean, that is, that's the, where the, the viciousness or the malice of the sin of drunkenness consists in. So if we have one drink, if we have two drinks, that can be a good way to relax our nerves, facilitates friendship uh, amongst friends, amongst family, and it's, it's a good and healthy thing. And this is what God has created it for, and the Bible speaks about uh, drinking alcohol in a positive light in many passages. Um, and so this is a rational usage of alcohol. But drunkenness, on the other hand, is an irrational and consequently sinful use of alcohol. Drunkenness, properly speaking, is uh, defined as follows. The signs that are attendant upon it are three. First of all, uh, the drunken person acts in a, with a characteristics that are very different from his sober self. Secondly, the person who's drunk in the proper sense of the word has lost discernment between right and wrong. Okay, and it's damaged the conscience and the reason's ability to differentiate between what's good and what's evil. And this is really the crux of the matter, what makes drunkenness a real sin. And then finally, drunkenness proper would be characterized also, not all the time, but commonly by forgetfulness of the uh, events that's transpired during the period of drunkenness. Now, uh, drunkenness, properly speaking, is defined as that, is a mortal sin. It cuts us off from the life of God and separates us from eternal salvation. St. Paul is very clear about this in his epistles. He says, uh, do not be deceived, brethren, neither drunkards, so forth and so on. He gives a long list of different vices that will disinherit us from the kingdom of God. He says, these shall not inherit the kingdom of heaven, and drunkenness is one of them. Now, anything short of drunkenness, and as I've defined it there, as our tradition, mind you, it's not my opinion, it's the traditions defined it, uh, is going to be a venial sin. 
but whether it's the mortal version or the venial version, this uh, sin this is, is contrary to temperance, to that virtue of the proper usage of drink. Um, and so this is what Jesus is dealing with in the gospel passage where he says, Beware that your hearts do not get uh, weighed down by carousing and drunkenness. Uh, but be vigilant. So this is where what we need to do to be prepared for Christmas. Now, if you notice in Christ's uh, teaching, he also uses the word carousing, okay? And so carousing is kind of a, a negative version of play. Okay, there is a virtuous uh, version of play, of recreation, and there is a negative version of it. That negative version would be referred to as carousing. And uh, so what is play? Play is also something that arises in human society uh, naturally. It's a good thing. There is a rational end to play. And that is as follows. We are uh, very busy, hopefully doing God's will, hopefully growing in sanctity, hopefully fulfilling our, the duties and the obligations that are attendant upon our state of life. That costs energy. That is a process that spends energy. Now, when we engage, when we take a little time, we set it aside and engage in play, or recreation, what we're doing is we're regathering those vital energies and powers that we have spent in doing more serious things. And so play is a good thing. It's, it can be a very Christian and, and, and rational and natural and moral and good thing if it's kept in a virtuous, uh, if it's engaged in, in a virtuous manner. And that's what this virtue of play or the virtue of uh, utropedia is all about. It's making sure that play doesn't turn into an end in and of itself, but that it stays uh, properly ordered towards its natural end. And uh, as Christians, we have a higher uh, motive and horizon within which we live our lives than just nature. We have a supernatural horizon within which we live our lives. We look out and forward to the coming of Jesus Christ and eternal life in heaven with God. And so all of these things that are, uh, you know, moral and virtuous at the natural level, for the Christian are elevated and ordered towards a supernatural end. And we can do that in our daily lives by uh, a simple passage from St. Paul. He says... Whatever you do, in word or deed, do in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Whatever you do, in word or deed, whatever you do, in word or deed, do in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. And so, when we eat, when we drink, when we play during this uh, Advent and Christmas seasons, let us use these seasons for the purpose for which the Holy Spirit has given them to us, and that is our sanctification. And so that in whatever we do, whether in word or deed, we would do in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father.